Welcome Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the And I welcome you today to CSC Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. It is a blessing and a mission, as you all know. Let's go straight to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get started with today's show. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, I pray to you today for, with a grateful heart for the many blessings you bestow upon me and on all your children. Thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Forgive us, Father, when we fail Thee for our selfish ways, for our our lack of a concern for others. Protect us, Abba Father, from the evil one. He has been working overtime in this nation and in the hearts of people. We have we are such fools to listen to his lies and to allow them to disturb our hearts. You are the creator of all and each life is precious. Watch over President Donald Trump and surround him with wise and godly counsel. Bless him with the gift of discernment to sift through all that he has before him. Here I am. Send me, O God, that I might be a positive, sharing your love in this world of hate and negativity. Bless VSE Talk Radio and bless my listeners, O God. Make our path easy and the yoke light. Increase my territory that I might glorify you. These are trying and troubling times. But you are a God of all things and can work and will work for the good of through you. Make us a nation of the people that you would have us to be. Bring America home, O oh God, back to you, to your laws and to your ways. Amen. We hear a lot about natural rights and uh what is exactly? What is that exactly? We hear we have the right to health care. We have the right to have abortions. We have a right to this and a right to... Well, what are natural rights? Well, among these fundamental natural rights, Locke said, that's John Locke, life, liberty, and property believe that the most basic human law of nature is the preservation of mankind. To serve that purpose, he reasoned, individuals have both a right and a duty to preserve their own lives. Natural law, it's based natural rights, they say, or Beethoven, last natural law, is a law as seen as being independent of and pre-existent to the positive law of any given political order, society, or nation state. Our founding fathers believed in these things, life, liberty, and property, natural law, natural rights. Defining these seems to be difficult but that's usually because there's an agenda afoot. Remember the one line from the Declaration of Independence, He, King George, has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. <laughs> I love that line. Property. A natural right. Individual right, not governmental. 
with the deep state full of bureaucrats, with their constant drive to take your natural rights, your property, to eat out your substance. There seems to be a never-ending battle for liberty and independence. Bureaucracy destroys liberty, mandating away the natural rights as they strive to control the land and the landowners their regulation, through regulations and fines and permits and, yes, licenses. Property. Pursuit of happiness. Those titles encompass a great deal, especially in regards to our natural rights. There is a group fighting for our liberty, the new Civil Liberties Alliance. Harriet Hagman is a a senior legislative counsel there, and I had the pleasure to to meet her and the honor to meet her when I made my little trip to Wyoming for their state Republican convention. Harriet, welcome back to CSE Talk Radio. How are you doing today? I am wonderful, and thank you so much for having me again. I always loved coming on your show. Well, well, I'm glad you do. We kind of like to keep it nice and relaxed and yet hit the hard stuff if we possibly can. And before we get started, I want to announce I didn't, uh, my, my sidekick isn't here with me this morning. He'll be back this afternoon. He had some errands he just had to run this morning. And, uh, he sent me a text as I was working on our show today. He sent me a text that the Supreme Court ruled that the president is not is not uh, exempt, and they're going to, I guess, follow through with making him present all his uh, his financial stuff to uh, Congress, which, you know, they're just after him. And I'm thinking, you know, one day they do something good, the next day they do something stupid. And um, I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I don't care about seeing his tax returns or his financial. I'd like to see Congresses, though. <laughs> Well, it's it's interesting. I have not had an opportunity yet to review those documents, the Supreme Court decisions. All I've seen is the headlines, and I do think that there's a difference. There, There were two different cases that were pending, one from the U.S. Attorney's Office in New York, or the, the, the state's attorney, I don't even remember which one it was. I guess it would have been the state attorney general, excuse me. Um, and then there was the congressional subpoenas. And my understanding was that the Supreme Court ruled in Trump's favor, President Trump's favor, on the congressional subpoenas, but did say okay. um, and and remanded the case back uh, and uh, or said that the financial records, from that were demanded by the state attorney general that the lower courts need to revisit that to see whether and what he needs to produce in that regard. So, yes, what I would say about all of this is it's just another one of the tentacles of the deep state attempting to prevent oh, yeah. them from governing. So it's it is just it's I, I think that we all recognize the pattern and practice here. It doesn't matter what the substantive issue is, it is simply to distract. Whether it is the Russia, 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 or it is the the collusion <laughs> with or with Ukraine, or it is the, the, the handling of the coronavirus. Uh, all this is is just simply a way to distract the president and the administration from accomplishing what they have set out to accomplish. And I think that probably that's the more disturbing aspect of this for me is yes. that I'm so terribly afraid that this is the new world order in the United States 
that the party that is out of the White House, out of powder, power at a particular time, does nothing but obstruct rather than to solve. And so what we've seen is three going on four years of just pure obstruction at every single turn. It doesn't matter what the underlying issue is. And it just never ends, and it's kind of like some other things that never end. And, you know, it would be interesting to, to uh, get some of you, either you or some of your other uh, 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 colleagues there, to talk about some of these Supreme Court decisions, because I, I like to have them explained to me like you just did. And, and I know I haven't even seen it I have because I've been working on something else this morning, and, and uh, so I was uh, a little disturbed at first when I saw that. I hope that you're correct that some of it is good and some of it maybe not so good but uh uh it just seems like they're constantly attacking this man and he can't he can't accomplish what he was elected to do not not and that's the point and 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 that is absolutely the point and and as far as supreme court decisions we also did get some good supreme court decisions this week we did Um, the decision Mm -hmm. on the little sisters of the poor um new civil liberties alliance we had weighed in on that. We filed one of the amicus briefs on that, so we're very, very pleased at the outcome there. Yes. We received the decision last week in the Montana case um, that it is discriminatory to prevent religious schools from receiving um, funding, essentially, from the state um, if that is where a, a donor chooses to, to contribute their money. That was, a, that was a win for religious liberty and freedom. Um, and then the other one this week also stating that the state really cannot get involved in hiring and firing decisions of religious institutions. So those were I, I did see that one. And I mm-hmm. thought that was they had the right to hire Christian Christian schools have the right to hire Christian teachers, and right. uh, and so I thought that was a positive too. Well, we've we've taken up the first segment, Harriet. When we come back, let's talk about what we really set out to talk about, and that is some of the things that's going on between the USDA and RCAF USA, and some of those situations. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're visiting today with Harriet Hagman, and we will be right back. America is more than just a slogan. It's a brand we all look for to better this nation's economy. Liberty Tabletop is the brand of Cheryl Manufacturing, the only manufacturer of flatware in the United States of America. Liberty Tabletop creates high-quality flatware at a competitive price using the finest quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. Oh, and by the way, the steel they use is also made in the USA. The steel is tested for lead and other toxic trace elements, so you bring to your family a safe and pure product that will last for generations. Setting your table is an important part of every meal. The patterns you choose say something about you and your family. Bringing America home with LibertyTabletop.com or go to my website, CSETalkRadio.com and click on their link. Call Liberty Tabletop at 844-386-2338. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive 10% off your purchase. LibertyTabletop.com. 
Our founding fathers knew that the heartland would be coveted by those who want the land and its resources or hated by those who simply do not understand its value. It is that simple. And yet today, the humble folks in the heartland are losing jobs and feeling the pressures from an out-of-control bureaucracy as well as outsiders with agendas. From the heartlands of America come our food, manufacturing, and our energy. CSC Talk Radio is a voice crying from the heartland and standing up for rural America. And so is Power the Future. Power the Future is a unique foundation established to be the voice for rural American energy jobs. Daniel Turner is a strong advocate pushing against those who would like to punish rural folks and take their jobs for the sake of climate change or the land and its wealth. I'm proud to be a part of Power the Future and bring Daniel Turner here to you. Our future depends on it. Let's power the future as we bring America home to common sense jobs and give our rural families a voice. Visit PowerTheFuture.us. PowerTheFuture.us is the way to bring America home. Gold and silver have been the foundation of wealth for individuals and nations the world over. The history of man is packed with coins, jewelry, and artifacts that have spoken to the intrinsic value esteemed in gold and silver due to their rarity, durability, and usefulness. I'm proud to call Melody Cedarstrom a friend and honor Discount Gold and Silver Trading is a loyal sponsor of CSE Talk Radio. A Christian company founded on the principles of truth and honesty, Melody provides quality products, quality service, and competitive pricing. Let Melody's over 20 years of experience in gold and silver trading be your investment guide. From precious metals purchases to precious metals IRA. Whether you want to buy or sell, Melody and her team at Discount Gold and Silver will assist you and make sure you get the best deals possible. Call Melody and tell her thank you for sponsoring CSE Talk Radio and then let her know you want her to be your gold and silver dealer. Visit Melody online at dgscoins.com or just give her a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's one 1- 800-375-4188. And we have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're visiting with Harriet Hagman of the New Civil Liberties Alliance. And they've been uh, making some progress and and keeping their uh, eye on and their fingers on these uh, situations that are going on as well as what's their uh, their um, lawsuit with RCAF USA and the USDA. And I wanted to get back to that. You had some updates on that for us. And you might have to back up just a little bit for those that are new listening today and uh, let them know exactly what's going on there. All right, Bethann. Well, this was a situation... The New Civil Liberties Alliance was retained by uh, RCAF USA and a couple of ranchers out of Wyoming and a couple of ranchers out of South Dakota, Tracy and Donna Hunt and uh, the Foxes, Kenny and Roxy Fox out of South Dakota. And we filed a lawsuit in October of last year, 2019, challenging a fact sheet that USDA issued in April of 2019. And according to that two-page fact sheet, by 2023, all cattle and bison producers, all livestock producers, were going to have to convert to RFID technology ear tags, uh, radio frequency identification ear tags, in order to move their livestock interstate, whether to move it to put it in feed, put their livestock in feedlots, or to sell across state lines. And that was clearly contrary to a 2013 regulation that had been issued by USDA that set out what all of the official approved identification and traceability techniques 
that could be used. So in 2013, USDA adopted an official regulation after notice and comment, and they identified brands and back tags and ear tags and tattoos and a variety of other techniques that are considered, quote, official forms of identification for livestock. Mm. And so that is the basic rule that all of our livestock producers live by, and it is actually a rule that protects, protects our users and allows them to continue to use the techniques that have they have used for decades and decades and decades and that have been very effective in terms of, of cattle wow. and, and livestock identification and traceability. But in 2013, just out of the blue, the USDA dropped this two-page fact sheet and put it on their website and said, okay, by January 1, 2023, the only official form of identification we're going to recognize is RFID ear tags. So we filed suit because clearly that violated the 2013 regulation, and it was a violation of due process and a variety of things. And we filed that on October 4th, I believe it was, and on, at, by October 25th, USDA withdrew that two-page document. <laughs> they knew they were going to lose the lawsuit. They, they knew oh, they yeah. didn't have a chance of winning. So they withdrew it, and then they filed a motion to dismiss our lawsuit. And I didn't want our case dismissed because I know how these agencies work. And I wanted an order from the court saying, you can't do this, because I knew that USDA was going to try it again. Um, there's too much money in RFID. Um, some of the main people who are pushing the, who are pushing the RFID mandate are the ear tag manufacturing companies. That may surprise you, but it is uh, the head of the, of the, uh, advisory committee that put together this plan to force RFID is actually one of the top uh, people in one of the ear tag manufacturing companies, just a, cl- a, a clear conflict of interest. But e- anyway, they withdrew. I refused to dismiss the lawsuit. So we eventually did get an order from the federal district court, and they made very, very, very clear, our judge made very clear that the USDA cannot go forward with a guidance document or a policy change or a back suit or something like that. If they are going to require RFID uh, ear tags, they must go back through the notice and comment rulemaking. So that was a mm-hmm. huge win for us. Um, we got a lot of concessions in the United States brief when they filed their motion to dismiss, saying, oh, no, 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 we'll never try this again, Your Honor. We're not going to do that. We would only do it the right way now. So those are some very nice concessions that I wanted, and then we did get a, a good order from the judge saying they have assured us they are not going to try this again. Um but she, so she dismissed the case, and I filed a motion for reconsideration because one of the challenges we made was we sued under what's called the Federal Advisory Committee Act. And under the Federal Advisory Committee Act, um, agencies cannot convene advisory committees unless they follow certain requirements under the statute. Uh, they have to do notices of the meeting. They have to disclose all the documents. Uh, the advisory committees have to be fairly balanced. So you can't have all pro-RFID folks on the advisory committee, which is what they did here. So the USDA did, in fact, um, put together an advisory committee. That's mm-hmm. who came up with the fact sheet, but it did, they did not comply with FACA. So the judge actually granted my motion, and she allowed me to awesome. file an Yeah, it was wonderful. And, and I filed an amended complaint specific to FACA, 
in uh, in in March of this year, and just this week we are supposed to be getting the administrative record, and we will be able to peel back the curtain just a little bit, peel and look under the hood and and kick the tires <laughs> and all of those things, and kind of see how all this came together and continue to challenge any effort to do an RFID mandate. That's the update to for uh, as where as far as where we are on the faculty. That is awesome. I just I love the way you just stuck in there. No, I'm not going to drop this. <laughs> I love the no. way you just stuck in there, Harriet. That's just great. Well, That's we have great. to because it's a very interesting thing because USDA has now they're trying to again pull a fast one. So just. Oh. This week, they did it again. Uh, they issued a notice that was issued on Monday, July 6th. And despite the fact that they have said, we will not impose RFID unless we go through a full notice and comment rulemaking, they issued a sleight-of-hand document on Monday of this week. And now wow. they're going to try to take the the rule that they issued in 2013, and they're going to redefine what is meant by an official ear tag from the 2013 regulation, and they're now going to define an official ear tag as RFID only. They will continue to eat out our substance if we let them, will they not? <laughs> yes, they will, and they will continue to push this. You know, when I, I did the dramatic reading of the Declaration of Independence several years ago, when I was doing that and reading it slowly, it, I absorbed a lot more than when I did it in school and got grades for it and, and when I've read it other times. And that one, that particular phrase, I've used it quite a bit here recently, it just reminded me of exactly what the bureaucracy here is doing to us. And um, it's USDA is one of those. They were created, I guess most of them were created to help, but they do anything. Instead, they've become regulators, and and, uh, they've been more of a, of a hindrance than a help to the farmers and the ranchers. The USDA is is not what it was set up to be, in my opinion. They pick winners and losers. And, and Beth, oh, and I yeah. think that's the problem because they pick the winners and losers. And in this circumstance, they're picking two winners, and that is the, the Packers, which are creating oh, yeah. the problems that we have right now, and they're picking the, the ear tag manufacturers. They are not picking the cattle producers. Even in the 2013 regulation, keep in mind that was seven years ago, even in the 2013 regulation, they acknowledged that if they did an RFID-only mandate, it would cost our cattle industry, not the packers, because it's only the cattle industry that's going to have to pay for it. They're the ones that are going to have to pay for the ear tags, pay for the handling of the livestock, pay for the technology to do it, pay to retrofit their, their corrals. Even they acknowledged, and this number is low, that it would cost our industry $1.2 billion. But there's oh, no wow. benefit to the cattle producer. The benefit is to the packer. But the packers don't that always is. To pay for it. And the benefit is to the ear tag manufacturer. So what they're doing is they're, they're, they're literally hard, trying to hardwire into the law 
a particular technology that may or may not be the best technology at, at, at livestock tracing and, and identification. It may or may not be the best technology three years from now. We're developing and, and, and it, at doing new things every single day, yet what they've done by pushing this forward, and it is your tag manufacturing companies, they're attempting to hardwire into a law, you have to use our technology. So that would be like saying, okay, in 1962, uh, that was the year that the first Ford F-150 came out. I don't know if that's the case or not. I used 62 because that's when I was born, but let's say that that was when that pickup came out. What, could they have passed the regulation saying anybody who drives a pickup has to drive an F4, F-150? Well, who would do that? And that's what they're doing to our livestock producers. They're attempting to hardwire that in so that our only RFID technology is what you can use for your ear tags. So again, they're trying to circumvent the rules. They are violating the 2013 regulation that went into effect. It's just amazing to me, and I, I know that we're dealing with so many different things, and this is just one. This is just one, but it's it's a huge one. And, you know, it's been here before, and they keep bringing it back, and we're going to talk about that a little bit, too, because they just continue to eat out our substance. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. If you want to call and you have it on topic, we'll take a phone call at 877-895-5410, and Harriet and Beth Ann will be We have returned. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann Harriet. We have a caller from South Carolina. He wants to talk about ear tags and RFID. We have Tom from South Carolina. Tom, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Um, I've uh, raised a few goats for many years now, and used to take one to an auction every now and then. And but now we have to have what they call scraping tags. That's mad cow disease and goats. Even though I'm not sure that there's any such thing that. Uh, think maybe it's the cheese and the trout they're going to protect us but we have to have uh, ear tags on the goat and um, and a, a herd number and a, um, a farm number and the idea is that they can come and inspect to see how you're doing things but, but I think um, there's really more to it than that I think uh, I, I know other people who have agricultural products that they sell and uh, there's some push to uh, to find out where all the food is, so that if we have some sort of breakdown, the government can come and take it all and redistribute it uh, according to their uh, their designs rather than ours. I think that's what's in it to some extent. Just wanted to run that by you. All right. Well, Tom, I appreciate your comment, and I, I, I think that there's uh, I I haven't heard that particular angle before, but I will tell you. And I will reinforce what you briefly uh, stated, which is this is what gives the government the opportunity to come onto your property and Mm. dictate your operation and management. In the beef industry, we have the USDA has created, and through the beef checkoff, they have, and and the the NCBA, um, the the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Uh, What they're trying to do is what's called BQA, which is Beef Quality Assurance. And they want our livestock producers to become BQA certified. And they have a checklist of about 35 different things where they would then have inspectors that could come to your property 
and you say, well, we really don't like how you're managing your water resource over here, and we'd like you to take down this fence over here, and we'd like you to, to modify all of your fences so that they are wildlife uh, compliant and that sort of thing. And what we're ultimately going to see, I think, with these checklists and these standards and these that are developed by organizations such as the World Wildlife Federation, keep in mind where they mm. come from and keep in yeah. mind what the agenda is. The agenda is ultimately to stop livestock production, uh, to either do only factory farming or to import our food. Um, and so what you would have with these BQAs, you might look at them today in 2020 and say, well, it's not that burdensome. But in 2028, what if you have, I don't know, 800 miles of fence on your property because you own a ranch in Nevada or Wyoming or Montana, and they say we need you to modify the bottom rung on every on, on all of your fences on your property, and if you don't, you're no longer going to be BQA certified, or we're going to mandate that you fence off all of your uh, all water all all natural water resources so not, no livestock can access it. What is the ultimate goal is that. These, these restrictions, these operational requirements, these mandates, these BQA certifications will ultimately become so burdensome that your average, everyday, um, independent cattle producer will not be able to afford to, com- to comply with them. They'll, they'll just become so cost prohibitive they'll put them out of business. One of the things that the Packers have been advocating, and this year they have become very, very, very vocal about it, is they want vertical integration. In other words, the Packers want to own everything yeah. from top to bottom or bottom to top. So they want to come into Wyoming and they want to buy up the ranches of the independent cattle producers. They want to consolidate. They'll hire those ranchers back as managers, or at least some of them, but they want to control the entire uh, food chain from calf all the way through slaughter. And at that point, um, beef is going to be cost prohibitive, but you're going to have a, a total and complete monopoly, and we're going to be putting ranchers out of business. That's where this all leads. It's just crazy. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate the call. I wanted to ask you, I wanted to back way up about the Packer and Stockyards Act and how it was never implemented. And that, way, that goes back to 1919 and 1921. And how did they get away with this, Harriet? I mean, they, they issue these things. And it's not just this side of, of the bureaucracy. There's other, other departments, too, where they'll... Something will be issued to control them, but that never seems to control them. And uh, I, I was going to get your opinion on that. We've had Bill Bullard on, and he's talked about it before, but I wanted to get your your slant on it. Well, it can be very, very frustrating, and what you understand is the bigger the entity, the more power and more influence they have in Congress. This is really the very bottom line of what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, because cool, cool is an example, country of origin, yeah. right now with everything that is happening with the, with the coronavirus, we all recognize that having that domestic production is critical to our future. Domestic production, whether it is of, of masks or ventilators or, uh, foodstuffs, whatever it may be, domestic production is absolutely critical to the, to the future of the United States. And yet, why do we have people who continue to fight country of origin labeling? I can assure you with what's gone on over the last four or five months, 
that if people walking into a grocery store could choose between Chinese beef, Brazilian beef, or American beef, they're going to choose American beef. And that is one of the reasons why the Packers and those organizations fight so hard against it. The problem is is that we've got agencies and, and that, that well, such as the USDA in these particular circumstances, are taking the Packers' side. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating, and I think this is an example of that. This, this whole RFID thing is clearly pitting the independent cattle producer against the U.S. or pitting the USDA against the independent cattle producer and pitting the Packers on the side of the USDA against the independent cattle producer. This isn't going to end well if they are successful in forcing our cattle producers to, do, to use RFID because what happens is at that point they can prevent the guy Tom Smith or Mark Jones or whatever the name is, they can prevent that cattle producer from selling their livestock in the sale barn if they don't meet these BQA requirements. That's why this becomes significant. We have the safest beast in the world. The United States has eradicated many, many diseases that you find in Mexico and in Brazil and in other places around the world. We have the safest beef supply in the world, the the safest livestock, the best-run livestock industry, yet these uh, RFID requirements, for example, don't apply to, to imported beef. Just about three weeks ago, they intercepted contaminated beef from China, and they caught it at the port, and they were able to stop it. But why is China shipping contaminated beef to the United States? And why are we allowing, uh, they they caught it, they stopped it, but why are we importing beef from China under any circumstance? Why are we importing anything from China these days? And I know it's, I mean, we just shouldn't be. And it's just so frustrating, and I know you're frustrated too. You know, it's, um, you know, we had... um, and this is totally off topic, which I get on to my listeners when they do that, but I'm going to do it. We listen to what the government tells us. And, of course, we've got so many things being thrown at us right now. And when we're talking about coronavirus, at the beginning of this all take place, we didn't know much. We're, we're learning more and more all the time. And, and right now it is, although it seems like it's ramped up, the the, the uh, fatalities have gone down and, and the severity of it is going down. Uh, it's not even, they said the other night, it's not even at an epidemic portion right now. However, they're going to uh, force everyone in different places. There's one uh, one particular local place here in Columbia, Missouri, that they're going to mandate. You have to wear a mask. You have to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. You know, first we were told masks didn't do you any good, and now we're saying you got to wear one, whether you want to or not. And again, I think this is a control thing. Uh, I think it should be left up to the people. I think those who are, are, um, are, are not in good health and are concerned and don't want to catch it, I think it's fine for them to wear the mask. I just don't think it should be mandated. And we look at all these other things. I I know it's not really related to cool and it's not really related to the RFID, but it's all related because they're forcing things on us that control our lives and actually put it in someone else's hand many times. We're headed into a break. um, We're not going to take any more calls because we'll be in the final segment of today's show. 
You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Harriet Hagman of New Civil Liberties Alliance, and we will be back for Liberty. If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 800-378-3212 That's 800-378-3212. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. For the longest time, I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. But up until now, I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards. I finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. My new Giza Dream bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can get your very own by calling 1-800-978-6168 and use the promo code BETHANN to get 30% off plus free shipping. Makeup America is a brand new line of makeup made in America. Ladies, did you know that most American beauty brands do not make their cosmetics here in the USA? There is no guarantee of quality and transparency of ingredients, testing on animals, abidance to health and safety regulations, or quality control within the manufacturing environment. The old saying, beauty is only skin deep, refers to what's on the inside of the woman. And as you know, what's inside your beauty products matters to your skin. Makeup America is made in the USA, and they pledge to you that their products are non-GMO, paraben-free, fragrance-free, and never tested on animals. Launch your patriotism with Independence Red, Lady Liberty Blue. There's a variety of nail and lip colors to match. And lip care. MakeupAmerica.us. Use promo code BEST20 to receive 20% discount. MakeupAmerica.us. Don't miss Jason Chavez, former congressman and Fox News Channel contributor, when he brings his wit, wisdom, and compelling message for life to Columbia for the BK Foundation's annual pro-life event on Tuesday, July 21st at the Holiday Inn Expo Center in Columbia, Missouri. Chavez rose to chairman of the powerful House Oversight and Government Reform Committee. Only the fifth time in a hundred years, a three-term representative ascended to such a position. Chavez shares his 
his passion for the value of life just like Vitae. Vitae's digital marketing strategies promote a culture of life while connecting women facing unplanned pregnancies with life-saving resources. Reserve your seat today for Vitae's dinner event on July 21st by going to adsforlife.org. The dinner will begin at 7 p.m. There will be social distancing guidelines and precautions taken for your safety. That's Jason Shavetz on July 21st in Columbia, Missouri. Register today at adsforlife.org. We have returned. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're visiting with Harriet Hagman. She's become a good friend of CSE Talk Radio. And now I, I shook her hand and I've met her and we know each other. <laughs> and uh, she was, she is with the New Civil Liberties uh, Alliance and they work with RCAF USA as well as many, many other people that they represent for liberty. It's about our liberty. And uh, when I did speak, and I know you didn't get to be there the first night, that's what I spoke about. And I, and I spoke mm-hmm. that liberty is always in the hands of the people. It's up to us. Um, but I've added to that since then. First, it's got to be in our hearts. We have to want to be, to have liberty, to have freedom, to, to own our own property, and to be free to, uh, that doesn't mean we don't, think there should be some laws or some regulations, but this is over the top with much of this, and it's always, like you said, it's always in favor of some of these big corporations or these others that can spend a little bit more money on their lobbying in Congress, and I get upset with Congress all the time, and um, so it is for liberty, and I'm going to let you talk about that a little bit, because that's what you do there, is you protect people's liberty. Well, and Beth Ann, thank you. And it was wonderful to meet you while we were in Gillette. I am sorry that I missed the evening before, and I heard that you just gave an absolutely beautiful speech. So I I am appreciative of your willingness to come to Wyoming and spread your message. Getting specifically to the issue of liberty, I'm going to focus on just a couple of points, including this RFID issue and why I think it's so significant from the standpoint of our long-term liberty and freedom and our right to be free from government intrusion. The RFID mm. that I'm talking about right now is for livestock, uh, ear, for cattle ear, t- for livestock ear tags. But I'm holding an article in my hand right now that says, Michigan passes controversial bill to microchip humans voluntarily, quote, to protect their privacy. And what they state is that they're going to start using radio frequency identification tags, commonly referred to as microchips. They're beginning to seep into the marketplace as new technological devices to help streamline everyday business practices. The chips, roughly the size of a grain of rice, are implemented into the hands of employees and act as a replacement for ID badges, time cards, usernames, and passwords. All right, we've all watched what the governor of Michigan has been doing over the last four months. Do we really want that woman microchipping us? That's what they're doing in Michigan. That's what they're talking about. That's why I fight this battle. I fight this battle because I think it's wrong to to be able to control our livestock industry and our ranchers this way, but we're heading down the road where they're going to be doing it to humans. And when somebody said that to me six months ago, I thought, oh, that's a little wacky. I'm not sure I'm going to buy into that. And here we have it. (laughs) Michigan passes controversial bill to microchip humans voluntarily to, quote, protect their privacy. We know that isn't the reason for it. 
Congress, then talking specifically about liberty and freedom. NCLA has filed a lawsuit against the governors of Massachusetts and New Jersey challenging their incredible overreach over the coronavirus. And we've got two lawsuits pending right now dealing with everything from private property rights to the right to work. We represent tanning salon or a box, in a, in a, in a boxing gym and restaurants and um, religious institutions and landlords and small business owners. And we are challenging their constitutional authority to adopt the executive orders that they have because they have so far overreached and encroached on their citizens' liberty and freedom as, pr- as protected by their, both their state and their federal constitutions. And NCLA is fighting those battles across the United States. Um, as I indicated, we were involved in Little Sisters for the Poor. We've been involved mm-hmm. in a case out in Oregon. We've been involved in cases in California. We practice all over the country trying to protect those incredibly important liberties, those incredibly important freedoms freedoms, the natural rights that you talked about at the very beginning of your show, the rights that were granted to us by God, not by government, and the government has no right to take them away. Don't you love the word voluntarily? I believe that's on the income tax papers too, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> it was so one topic. Voluntarily. <laughs> you you can volunteer to do this, and if you don't, we're going to throw you in jail. Um, it's, 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 it's absolutely ridiculous what we have put up with. And I go back to that George Washington quote, The marvel of all history is the patience with which men and women submit to burdens unnecessarily laid upon them by their government. And we have a whole bunch and a gob of those. And um, the government, the bureaucracy, uh, and we have to fight it. And I'm so thankful for people like you and others there at the New Civil Liberties Alliance that you are you're on top of this. And and I know that it's it's not easy because just the little bit that I try to do here, and there's just me and a volunteer <laughs> trying to keep up with everything. It's next to impossible. So I know that uh, just keeping on top of everything as they come down the pike from the bureaucracy and Congress and everywhere else, it, the governors, the mayors, it, yeah. I don't know how you do it, Harriet. I, I really don't. It's, it's a non-ending job. We spend hours and hours and hours every day at scouring papers and, and people contacting us. And you can go to our website. You can look at the kind of cases that we've been handling. You can see what we do. If you like what we do, help to support us because we are fighting the Absolutely. battle to protect those natural rights and liberties and freedoms, those, con- those, those rights that were protected by the Constitution, not granted by the Constitution. As I said a moment ago, they were granted by God. Yes. It's the Constitution Absolutely. that, 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 that the Constitutions, both at the state and federal level, that limit what the government can do in terms of attempting to take those away. And all of yes. us are in this fight together. All of us are in this fight together for us as well as our children and our grandchildren. All of these things are worth fighting for. We have to stay on top, and we have to push back at every single opportunity. You start with the microchipping of the goats. You go to the cattle. You go to the horses, you go to the, the bison, and you go to the humans. And the moment they microchip us, we will never have privacy again. This is something oh, no. we should all be screaming up in arms about. When I read this, this article is dated, uh, uh, oddly enough, Saturday, uh, uh, July 4th, Independence Day. That is the date of this wow. article. Michigan passed a you know- controversial bill to microchip, it, microchip humans. 
I'm going to send you, a, I, I rewrote the uh, Declaration of Independence using most of uh, Thomas Jefferson's language as to what we're dealing with today. And it's amazing how much is the same thing. All you got to do is change the word from, from king to government or from king to Congress. And, and it's the same thing we're going, we're going through now. Maybe even worse now, Harriet, than it was then. Uh, we've allowed well, now, uh, our government to grow too big. We have allowed our federal government to, and our state governments to grow too big. Oh, we, yes, we absolutely. To, and we have looked to the government to solve our problems. And the government can't solve our problems. Only we can solve our problems. The government exacerbates them. Because the government always comes down to picking winners and losers. That's part of why we fight so hard against these agencies. USDA is picking winners and users and it, losers. And it's not for USDA to, to decide that all livestock producers have to microchip their cattle. The fact is we have a phenomenal, robust, and effective animal traceability and identification system in place right now. We don't need more bureaucracy, we don't need more expense, and we do not need to uh, place more and more power in the USDA or in the in the power in, in, in the hands of these packers. We don't Absolutely. want vertical integration with these packers. It is a bad idea. Only the very rich will be able to afford beef if we end up going down that road. And I'm going to say, before we go off the air here real quick, I want to tell my listeners, buy American beef, buy USA beef. Even if you have to go to your neighbor to go get the cow, you can buy American beef only. Thank you, Harriet, for all that you do. I appreciate you so much. Um, I, I can't say how much. It's, it's all we can do you to work together to bring America home. Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character, where educating both hearts and minds brings about academic excellence. There is a school in American Fork where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. Based on LDS principles and a love of country, now in our 39th year, American Heritage School is accepting fall enrollment for kindergarten through high school. What would you do for your child? Give them an education that will prepare them for life. Located east of the Temple in American Fork, American Heritage School is a remarkable and affordable alternative. Visit us, find us online, or in the yellow pages. American Heritage School. In American Fork. For too long now, those whose ancestors carved from a vast wilderness an awe-inspiring extension of Western civilization have been without any semblance of political representation. Abandoned by the political establishment, we now face the prospect of losing our national identity, culture, and our way of life. But there is hope. There is still time to right these wrongs. And there is a vehicle to organize our people into a force capable of reclaiming America's destiny. The American third position is that vehicle. It's a political party for our people, led by extraordinary patriots like Bill Johnson, Kevin McDonald, and myself, James Edwards. Our ancestors from the gates of Vienna to the sands of Iwo Jima sacrificed their all in order to secure Providence's most precious gift. 
freedom. Now it's our turn. Learn more at the American Third Position website, American3P.org. That's American, the number three, the letter P.org. This is the American Third Position, American3P.org.